Jasmine and Patrick are the Montreal-based creators of Oh the Urbanity, a YouTube channel about cities and urbanism. They traverse cities by foot, bike, and public transit, and aim to make informative and entertaining videos combining streetscapes and demographic data. I want to start by talking about your background and starting with you first, Patrick. Tell me where you grew up. I grew up in a small town in the Canadian province of Nova Scotia, about an hour north of the capital of the province of Halifax. And it was a typical small town environment, 10,000 people or so with some smaller satellite villages around that. And growing up in a small town environment, after moving to cities, it made me approach cities and the amenities offered with a sense of wonderment in a sense, because Seeing that you can walk to so many places and seeing that there's functional transit system, it's just not something you're used to in a smaller town. There's some walkability, but it doesn't go quite as far as you would get in a city. Would you like to jump in, Jasmine? So my experience wasn't too dissimilar. I grew up in a smaller village, really. I think less than a thousand people in the village near Waterloo, Ontario. And you could walk to certain amenities, like you could walk to the corner store, the grocery store, hardware store, and we would bike around quite often as kids and go to our friend's house and stuff like that. But I think once I got to high school, I did find the fact that you would have to drive to basically get to like any of your friends. Like I went to high school in Waterloo, uh, the city, and yeah, it just became kind of restricting for me once I was older. There wasn't reliable public transit from the village to the city. So basically, you have to drive to do most of the fun things you want to do. So similar to Patrick, once I moved to Toronto in my 20s and thought it was amazing how I could walk to basically wherever I wanted, take the subway, see friends, go to work without having to drive. And I just found that a really great lifestyle benefit where it like made me more active too. And yeah, basically all good things. For each of you, what was it that brought you to move to a bigger city? So I lived in Halifax first, which is a mid-sized, maybe smaller city, depending on how you define it, of about 400,000 people for undergrad university. And then I moved to Toronto for grad school to continue my studies. And Toronto is the biggest city in Canada. So that was a pretty big change in terms of the environment. Yeah, and I moved for work slash Patrick <laughs> to Toronto because Patrick and I were already together and I was looking for a job in Toronto and then found one and moved there in 2016. And yeah, never really looked back from city life. What was the transition like for both of you? From a mid-sized city of Halifax to Toronto, it was interesting where in Halifax, there's transit service and it works reasonably well in a lot of cases, but it still is more towards the end of you take transit if you can't afford a car. Whereas in Toronto with the subway and elsewhere with the GO train, the regional rail or commuter rail, it is more towards being something that is better than owning a car, depending on your needs and where you live. But it's just having, let's say, the subway coming every three to four minutes, living close to that. It's a completely different experience of the city and of public transit compared to a place like Halifax, a smaller city. That's what really stood out to me, going to the biggest city. I guess the thing that stands out to me is just how much more of an active lifestyle I had moving from a smaller place to Toronto. Everything wasn't mediated by needing, I don't know, an hour to drive everywhere. And it was just fun to get around. It was fun to walk to the store, walk to the cafe, bundle your trips. Just the experience of being in the city was exciting. 
And even going back after having experienced the city, going back and visiting friends and family in smaller towns, more rural areas, it really stands out how easy it is to not move very much just because you're driving everywhere. So a lot of these places, and they might be great for nature trails or things like that. And maybe you spend some time biking in the trails on the weekend. But in terms of your day-to-day experience, it's just really easy to be sedentary in many of these lower density environments. And that really stands out. Yeah. Kind of just reiterating that your exercise is kind of built in, in the city in a way that your exercise really isn't in more rural or car dependent areas. I also find for me that just the environment of the city is just a much more interesting environment to walk in and to be active in because there's so much more to see and experience. That's something that really stood out about our current city of Montreal. Just seeing the architecture, the different styles of apartments here, some more historic, some less historic, and the denser environment, like walking around is inherently fun on its own, even if you don't have a place to go. Just like going for a walk is just a nice experience in a way that it isn't so much in a lower density environment where maybe the houses are more spread out, more similar to each other because maybe they're planned as one subdivision instead of organically added to and densified over the course of a century or so. Walking around Montreal and biking around just is a uniquely engaging experience that's hard to match in other places. Have you always lived car-free during your time in Toronto and Montreal? We've not owned a car in the cities we've lived in. I actually have never owned a car, although when you're a teenager living with your parents, you drive their car, but mm-hmm. I haven't owned a car. Owned but we have used many rental cars and Communido, a shared car service over the years, for sure, to get out of Toronto and visit people and things like that. So given the nature of North American cities, what have been the challenges you've encountered with car-free living? When you're in the city itself, we've been lucky living in a central neighborhood of Toronto and Montreal where things work pretty well and we don't really ever wish we had a car. Like occasionally there's an appointment in a far off part of town, but for the most part in our day-to-day life, it's not really an issue. The biggest thing really is, as Jasmine mentioned, it's much easier to visit people in smaller towns in the countryside when you have a car. And that's why we a few times a year rent a car and it definitely helps for those trips. And you alluded to it a little bit earlier, Patrick, but what is it for both of you that's made Montreal such a great place to live? It's a lot of different things. Montreal is more affordable than other bigger cities in Canada, Toronto and Vancouver, which is nice to not have to be quite as worried about your finances. Just the quantity of medium density, mixed use, traditional neighborhoods, just nothing in Canada beats Montreal for that. It's neighborhoods upon neighborhoods of two, three, four-story walk-up apartments with frequent corner stores. And it's just an urban environment similar in a lot of cities in the U.S., like Chicago and Philadelphia, Boston. But in Canada, it's really Montreal that stands out for that type of environment. And it's just kind of conducive to walkability and bikeability and transit in a way that trying to retrofit a more suburban environment with bike infrastructure or with transit, it's a bit more difficult. It just feels like the central neighborhoods of Montreal were fundamentally made at a human scale to easily walk around and with bike infrastructure, easily bike around. And it's hard to compare to that. I guess just to get like a little more specific, when you're walking around here in most neighborhoods, it does feel a lot safer. Like I think compared to Toronto in general, there are some bigger arterials here too, of course, but in most of the medium density neighborhoods that Patrick mentions, you do feel fairly safe walking as a pedestrian. The roads are quite narrow, which keeps traffic pretty slow in general, and cars do just seem more 
prepared to see pedestrians here than we found in Toronto and some other cities. So yeah, that's a big lifestyle benefit for me. And also Montreal has a pretty good park life. There's just like many community parks. Seems like almost at every corner, there's a community park and a bit of like a communal living room. We sometimes hear said, which I think is true. It's just like pretty normal to just spend your Saturday in the park, having a picnic or after work. And that's a really great thing, especially in the summer. We were in Ottawa before Montreal, and it's more of a suburban environment. Ottawa gets many things right, but it is more of a suburban environment where there's more of a culture of hanging out in your backyard, invite friends over in your backyard. And in Montreal, on a nice day, parks will be full of people, families, having picnics, playing. It's just lively in a way that is not quite as common in other cities that we've experienced. How does that transition in the winter when things are colder? You definitely see a pretty big difference in terms of the general liveliness of neighborhoods. With that said, though, winter just varies so much. Sometimes you'll have a cold snap that lasts a week or two, and neighborhoods will definitely seem pretty slow during that time. So then you get a nice uh, warm temperature of around freezing or something, which is warm compared to the cold days. And people do definitely come out and spend time around the neighborhood as a result of that. But one thing that seems to be the case, because overall winters are fairly harsh here, it seems like people appreciate summer more. Like winters in Montreal are pretty difficult, but summer here is just... There's nothing really comparable to it that we've seen in Canada in terms of the energy and the liveliness. When you don't have as much of the year to enjoy, maybe you end up in a situation where you make the best of the nice months. They do a pretty good job in Montreal of kind of embracing the winter. There's many people who cross-country ski on the mountain and around, and even just on sidewalks, you sometimes see people cross-country skiing. And there's many winter festivals and stuff like that. So yeah, they definitely try to embrace it, even though it can be a long winter sometimes. Montreal also does pretty well at snow clearing and snow removal. Again, to pick on Toronto, just because it's where we live for a decent number of years beforehand. But Toronto does what most other cities do, which is they will plow the snow to the side of the road. Montreal does that, but then they also have a bigger operation to come in and collect all the snow and truck it out of the city, which basically means that it's much better for the bike lanes because on the side of the road, you have the bike lanes. And if you just plow the snow to the side of the road, then the bike lanes just become snow dumps. Whereas Montreal, by trucking the snow out of the city, does a better job of keeping the bike lanes and probably the sidewalks clear as a result. Would you say that Montreal is a city that really prides itself on urbanism? Yeah, there's just more of a culture of, so the pedestrian streets, there are, I think, a dozen streets that get pedestrianized for, I think it's four or five months of the year. And other cities in Canada, Toronto doesn't have that. They have more limited pedestrianizations, like in Kensington Market, one Sunday of the month, I believe. But Montreal really goes further than other cities in a lot of those quality of life parts of urbanism. So like if you look at the subway in Toronto is very good, comparable to the Montreal Metro. But beyond those big functional items, I guess you have all these quality of life improvements, whether it's the pedestrian streets or the traffic calming introduced to a lot of neighborhoods in Montreal. Montreal definitely seems to be in the forefront of urban livability. One thing that stands out is compared to some other cities, it seems more normal here to, for example, bike to work and back. You don't feel strange for doing that. Whereas in Toronto, I feel like we're picking on Toronto, but in Toronto, it was like kind of a rare thing. If someone biked to work, you were kind of like, oh, wow, like you bike to work. And here it's fairly normal. And especially with the Bixie now, the bike share in Montreal, it's just so easy to hop on a bike. There's still some gaps in the 
bike infrastructure network. But if you know where to go, you can get to work fairly safely and quickly if you live in the core. So that's great. Would you say that generally there's a good amount of respect that drivers also give to cyclists in Montreal? It definitely seems like drivers in Montreal are more used to cyclists and pedestrians. Definitely coming from Toronto beforehand as well, Ottawa beforehand, where it seems like in Ottawa, especially a lot of drivers just treat city driving like highway driving and they're not used to pedestrians and cyclists. Whereas Montreal drivers have a bad reputation for being aggressive and all this stuff. And it's that's not wrong, but they also seem to be more aware of different road users in a way that we appreciate. It also seems to be pretty different between the kind of more residential neighborhoods and downtown in Montreal. I've had a lot more negative experiences with drivers near downtown than I have in the neighborhoods, in the more slower street neighborhoods, I guess. I'm not sure why that is. I mean, I find it interesting when you think about the type of people, obviously, that can afford to drive into the downtown areas of cities are oftentimes people who can afford to park. And so I'm wondering if there's somewhat of a socioeconomic component that plays into that, perhaps. Probably, yeah. I think Canadian cities do a bit better at making transit a thing that the regular people take and not just seen as a, a thing that you use if you can't afford a car. But there definitely is a class component where many people are coming in and they're expensive cars. And often, even if they can afford parking, they very much don't like to pay for parking. Neighborhoods here, they've also, because of the traffic calming, they've made it harder to drive through the more residential streets in the neighborhoods around downtown. So for example, having alternating one-way streets, that means that you can drive into a residential area, but it's not as easy to use it as a through route to get to downtown. And that probably helps the traffic be more local going through the neighborhood as well. We've talked about a lot of the strengths in terms of Montreal for urbanism, but what are some of the things that Montreal still really needs to work on? Well, if Montreal could fix the problem of the cold winters, that would be amazing. It is an interesting thing to wonder, because in Canada, we don't really have an option for a warmer city to live in. There's Vancouver that's less cold, but we don't really have the option. So we're not really competing against warm cities in the way that U.S. cities have to compete with Miami or Los Angeles, San Diego. In terms of what Montreal could do better, any thoughts, Jasmine? This is like not a very complex thought, but there does just seem to be like more people driving than you would expect. I guess for us coming to Montreal, it just seems like, wow, you have everything you need. You can walk most places that you need every day. You have the metro. You can get most places on the island. Now we have the REM coming in. And I guess there's still those like big arterial roads that I mentioned. And yeah, it can be kind of frustrating sometimes, especially when you do have the good interventions like pedestrianized streets for many months of the summer. So I think it kind of makes you as like more of an urbanist person be like, why do so many people still need to drive? Even though I'm sure there's good reasons why some people still have to drive. One weakness of Montreal that stands out is that the good places for walking and cycling are very good. But even in the central city, there definitely is a lot of inconsistency between neighborhoods. So a lot of this is controlled at the level of the borough. And if you have people elected at the level of the borough that are more on board with active transportation, then you get very good results. But if you're in a borough where the representatives aren't as urbanist inclined, then you get much bigger gaps in the bike network, especially. I think that speaks too to the influence of NIMBYism in a lot of cities and how cities are planned. Absolutely. And it's interesting how having increased local control, having more powers delegated to the borough, let's say, that can be good in a lot of ways. It allows some boroughs to be further ahead when it comes to implementing bike infrastructure and whatnot. But definitely we've seen across North America that having people 
have hyper-local control over how much housing is built near them basically means not much housing will get built because housing is a situation where if you have construction near you, the benefits are to the broader housing market, lowering rents by some amount, making housing a bit more affordable. But if you're the neighbor or if you're across the street, the downsides that exist are hyper-local. So it's easy to oppose housing just near you. And giving very local control has across North America been kind of a disaster for housing construction and housing affordability. But in other contexts, it might be good. I want to transition a little bit and talk about how you started your YouTube channel and how your love for cities transitioned into having a YouTube channel about cities and about urbanism. Well, we started this channel in the summer of 2020. Basically, we were spending a lot of time biking around our city, walking around, exploring, because it was the first few months of COVID and there was not a lot going on. And we basically walked, biked, or in some cases took transit basically through the whole reaches of the region. And we basically got a sense that Montreal is especially within Canada, a quite unique city in its housing typologies being basically full of low-rise and in some cases mid-rise apartments with a stronger bike infrastructure. And we basically wanted to show it off to other people in North America. There were other channels talking about some really good places for urbanism in Europe, like the Netherlands, which is great. But a lot of people in North America have a hard time relating to those successes. They'll just say, well, they're different. They have a different climate. They have a different culture. And it's often easier to point to more modest, but more relatable successes in North America, whether that's in Montreal or in the U.S., you can point to Portland and Minneapolis on bike infrastructure, Chicago and Philadelphia on medium density housing. We thought there was a gap to talk more about the successes in North America. We started out in 2020 by featuring bike tours that we did a bit outside of Montreal. And we thought it's like a great opportunity to show people what you can do with just a bike and try to make them informative videos where like someone could watch it and go away and feel like they learned something. Yeah, I guess from that, we gradually started talking about other places too. And we still focus on Montreal more than other cities, but we talk about Toronto quite a bit. We've done some videos talking about different places in the US, like San Francisco. We visited there last year and yeah, I guess we're a somewhat Canadian-focused, especially Montreal-focused urbanism channel that basically covers North America, although we're interested in expanding out and talking more about Australia with some interesting data there, and even Europe with some interesting density comparisons and seeing what cities look like in different places is very interesting to us. I've noticed here that you have a format where you definitely delve into the data and you delve into research, but you also, it seems like, try to keep your videos really approachable and down-to-earth. How do you strike that balance between those two things? The way we balance approaching topics in depth while staying accessible is, I guess, spending a lot of time on videos. We both have backgrounds working in research and communications and presenting research. So it's just something we're very attuned to thinking about, not presenting concepts that haven't been introduced, things like that, simplifying things when necessary, because it often is necessary. It's just something we give a lot of attention to and we have a decent amount of experience with, although we're always working to get better on that. We've also tried to keep our videos accessible by not being too long. Sometimes we succeed more in that, sometimes we don't, but that's also on our set of goals for making these videos. You talked about wanting to branch out a little bit more. In closing, what are some of the cities that you're most interested in covering in the future on your channel? Well, we are going on a trip to the Netherlands this summer, so we'll talk about our experiences there, of course. But basically, it will be good to look 
at more successes in North America, like Philadelphia, Boston. We visited Boston a few years ago and had a really good time. It's similar to Montreal in a lot of ways. You could call it a sister city in some ways. Our videos are based to a large extent on our personal experiences there, on the footage we take in a certain place. We'll talk about different places that we haven't visited or haven't visited recently if we have some good data on density comparing different housing typologies there. But we're pretty careful to be based on data and personal experience and not go beyond what we know. So we're not going to be making claims about a place that we can't back up with data or personal experiences. I guess a few that we would like to go to soon would be Philadelphia. Neither of us have been. We also should get to New York at some point. I've been once, but it's been many years now. So it'd be great to go back with kind of our more urbanist eyes. And Chicago also would be great to see. BC as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking time to share your perspective. It was really interesting hearing both of your reflections on cities and keep up the great work with the videos as well. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thanks for having us on.